I once was broken and an addict, but all because of Jesus, I'm healed and free. My marriage was broken and destroyed, but all because of Jesus, he has given us new life and new love for each other. I once was codependent, but all because of Jesus, I am now free. All because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. Come on, isn't that good? Let's honor Jesus together. I could listen to those all day. That's incredible. Hey, I'm so glad to see you. I know it's already been said, but welcome to Cultivate Church, especially if you're here for the very first time. We want to welcome you and all of you, obviously, watching by the internet. We're so glad you're with us. My name is Brandon. We haven't met one of the pastors around here, and I'm just glad to get to hang out with you today. Look, it's the best way to end last week and to begin this week together, so we're honored that you're in the building. Uh, if you will, go ahead and grab your worship guide and pull out that note sheet. If you're a digital note taker, it's available for you on the app. We are in week three of this series, All Because of Jesus. And all of these stories uh, of life change that we're hearing all week long or all uh, month is really incredible because it's real people. You see them walking down the halls of the church. You see them in small groups. You see them serving you in so many different ways. And our hope for this series has really been that exactly what God's done for one, that God can do for you. Because we know that when Jesus shows up, everything changes. What was in our life is not what is, and it's all because of Jesus. It's who he is, and it's what he does. And so this series is for us to identify, hey, what area of your life do you need God to step in and do something absolutely incredible? Because Jesus can do anything. Look, we've already prayed over you today, 1015, our 9 o'clock crowd. We pray for you. We pray for all of you watching online. We pray for our Columbiana campus. And I'm just believing that today is going to be one of those landmark monumental days for you that somebody walked in here today and you need Jesus to do something and I want you to know that you're in a great place for God to show up and do something incredible in your life and this series is out of 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 and here's what it says it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus it's all because of him who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness our holiness and our redemption it is at the end of the day all because of him. So this series, we've explored what does that mean? All because of Jesus, what does that do for us? And in week one, we talked about I am forgiven. And that's the absolute greatest gift that any of us could ever been uh, to be given. Because he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Forgiveness is something that we couldn't earn, that we weren't good enough for, that we would never be able to accomplish on our own. But we know that Jesus went to the cross so that every one of us could be forgiven. And so you may be watching or you may be in here going, yeah, but you don't know my story. You don't know where I've been or what I've been through. Or you don't know, you know how bad I feel. Or it does not matter. There's nothing bigger than the power of God in your life to bring forgiveness. And then last week we talked about because of that forgiveness, we're brand new people. I'm new. I'm not who I once was, and it's all because of Jesus. And this week we titled your message, I Am Free. Freedom comes from Jesus. Because once you have been set free from a life of sin, and once you've experienced everything that Jesus comes to do to make us brand new, freedom is available for every single one of us to be absolutely set free. 
free. However, I know the struggle for many of us is, is that we've received forgiveness in Jesus and, and we're, we're good with that. Like we can accept that I've been forgiven and we feel that weight lifted from our shoulders and then we know that we're brand new because we've experienced that life change in Jesus and what that does for us. However, when it comes to living in freedom, that's where we struggle a whole lot. Because we know that we should be living this life. Jesus says, I came to bring life and bring it to the full. I came more abundantly. And he also said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So we ought to be experiencing this freedom in Jesus. However, for many of us, we have a lot of hurts, we have a lot of hang-ups, and we have a lot of habits in our life that are holding us back. We have a lot of things that on the outside, we look really good. Like we know how to dress it up, you know, church folks, don't we? Come on, you about killed the kids on the way to church. And then you got here and you said, look at little princess, you know what I'm saying? And we're all, praise God, everybody. We know how to do it really, really well. And uh, in the way that I grew up in church, you know, early on, you know, you had people that, you know, they, they wore a suit every Sunday. Only time they had a suit was on Sunday, right? Because we had to dress it up. And I think that's how we made ourselves feel better on Sunday because we dress it up a little bit. But I don't care. They say you can put lipstick on a pig, them southern sayings, but it's still a pig, Right? They don't take that in the wrong context. I called nobody a pig, so don't come out of here going, oh, the preacher said, no, you get the point, right? But we've got all these things that are fundamentally, foundationally in our life that are, that are not addressed. And so some of us, we got like real manly men. Come on, some of you guys, you could like go knock down a tree, build a log cabin in 15 minutes. You're a real manly man, you know, big beard, you know. Have you ever noticed that a man with a beard, a really good beard, really can't grow hair on top of their head? Have you ever noticed that? Maybe it's just me. I mean, I'm not trying to start anything. I'm just saying, like, I can't grow a good beard, but I got a head full of hair. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I don't know. God's got a sense of humor. That's all I'm saying. But even the manliest of men, that we're a man, we can't let anybody know that we, too, have feelings. But on the inside, many of us are just like little kids because we've got these hurts and we've got these sensitivities that we've just, we've just pushed to the side and we've tried to suppress because we can't let anybody know that we have these issues. So what we've done is we've got forgiveness in Jesus. And, we, and we've got this new life that we're, that we're charting and we're living different. And we're trying to overcome our yesterday and who our parents were and the way that we used to live. But the reality is we have what I call a fenced freedom. We have a certain parameter of freedom in our life. So you ever seen those invisible fences they put dogs in? You know, you bury it in your yard and you put a shock collar on the dog. I don't think we can call it a shock collar. There's probably something that they call it to make it sound better. But it's a shock collar. And that dog can get so far until it gets too close to the electricity buried in the ground to that dog just, you know, real quickly. Like it's, you go, it's, he's fine. It doesn't hurt him at all. <laughs> You don't want to put it on. You don't want to wear it, but it's fine. It's just enough to notify him that he can't go any farther. And so what we've done in our life is we've said yes to Jesus, man, and we've changed. But the problem is we'll only go far enough until we feel a little bit of that pain and a little bit of that tension that's been buried away, that hurt that we're still holding on to, that habit that we're telling ourselves, God, I'll never do this. If you help me overcome this, I'll move to a hut in Africa. Not really, but I still want to be able to get past this. And the next day rolls around, you go, I, I, I swore I would never do this again. What's wrong with me? And then those hang-ups in your life that you can't seem to overcome, they're, they're holding us in this artificial realm of freedom. And that's not what Jesus wants for our life. He wants us to experience it to the full. Experience in a way that literally changes the whole fabric of your life. I've been real honored over the past two Saturdays to spend time 
with our jail ministry. And uh, last week we begun this uh, opportunity to go in and give Jesus to people who are behind bars. And it's just been really humbling to, to be a part of this experience. And uh, on our first Saturday, I walked in with Daniel Odom, who leads our Celebrate Recovery. And we're all in the lobby, and we're all talking about going in and just talking about the day and how you guys been this week. And, and then we walk in, and as soon as we get on the other side of those maximum security doors, and you hear those locks, and you hear those buzzers, and you begin down this dimly lit, long, concrete wall hallway, and then I'm talking to Daniel, and suddenly it's as if this switch has just flipped inside of him. And I look over, and I say, man, are you okay? He goes, it's just the smell. And I'm like, what are you, you know, you talking about? It smells fine. I mean, it's just a concrete hallway. He go, and then it, he says, this is what it smelled like when I was here. And I suddenly remembered that, that he said, hey, I, I spent time in this very jail. And then we get into there to those men, and I'm hearing these grown men, tough, strong men share these hurts and habits and hangups like little children. And I'm over there sitting to the side saying, Brandon, hold it together. Don't cry. You can't let them see you cry. I mean, I'm like <laughs> talking to myself, and I'm doing an okay job. And then Daniel gets up there, and he starts sharing, and he gets emotional. And then it's like somebody just turned the faucet on, and I'm over in the corner like something is in my eye. And so we leave. And I said, Daniel, what are you doing? Like, why are you getting emotional? Now I'm over, I can't hold it together, and I've been struggling all morning long. And he said, you don't understand. He said, the difference and the feeling of walking back into this place, knowing that I'm going to walk out free, knowing that I'm going to see the sunshine, and I'm going to feel the fresh air, and I'm going to get in my car, and I'm going to go home. He said, I can't explain the feeling. See, that's how some of us are living our lives. We are still bound by stuff that Jesus gave his life to set us free from. We should know what it's like to walk into our situations, to walk into those environments. Listen, everybody, to walk into that hurt, to go back into that conversation, to see that person again, and to experience it all over again, yet to walk out with great acknowledgement of what God's done to say, but I am am free. I may feel it, it may sting, but I am free. God so desperately wants us all to experience not an artificial fenced freedom from those hurts and habits and hangups in our life, but he wants us to experience life to the full. And so today I want to give us a couple of things, I, just very simple, three very easy principles from God's word. We like to overcomplicate stuff, but it's not that complicated. But I want to give us three key areas of life today that I think will help us walk in freedom. So I want us to pray, and here's what I want us to pray for. I want you to pray for God. Number one, this morning, and it may be a little painful, even online, to say, God, just reveal to me maybe some areas in my life that I'm holding on to something. Could be from childhood, could be an offense by others, could be the church that's hurt you or wounded you. It really doesn't matter what it is because God can take care of it all. But when we're aware of it and we can present it to him and then give him freedom to do what he desires to do in our heart, that's when we have an opportunity to experience the freedom that he wants us to feel. So that's what I want you to pray. God, reveal it to me and then help me today begin to walk out of this place experiencing the true freedom 
that you wanted for my life. So let's pray it. Father, I love you. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the presence that is in this room. God, we honor you today, and we thank you for everything that you have done for us. God, thank you for salvation. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. But today, we're praying for freedom. God, to be set free from some of the hurts and the habits and the hangups of our life. God, that we walk out of this place experiencing life on purpose the way you intended for us to live it. God, we just honor you with this day in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. So three things I want to give you of where we find freedom in our life. Number one, freedom comes from community. From community comes from gathering with people. Now, most of us, if we're honest, we don't want community when we're struggling. I know I don't. When I'm feeling bad or depressed, the last thing I do is pick up the phone and say, Hey, y'all want to come over? Y'all want to come fill my house and talk, eat my food? You know, so that's the last thing I want to do. I'm like, just leave me alone, right? I just need my space. I'm fine. I just don't want to look at any of you. I don't want to talk to you. Isolation is the first thing we can do. As a pastor, I can tell you, number one warning sign something's wrong with people is they isolate. They remove themselves from community. Why? Because community is powerful. Because every one of us need to be in community. Look what the Bible says. Romans 12, verses 4 and 5 says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. And everybody, we're the body of Christ. When he says Christ's body, it means all of us in community as believers. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In other words, in order to function whole, in order to function healed, in order to function right as God created us to do, it's all of us working together, serving as the body of Christ. Now, when, what, when we omit community from our life, when we choose to remove ourselves from community, what we've done is we've embraced the brokenness of our life and we've said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live in this brokenness and I'm going to sit by myself and I'm going to have a pity party. And sometimes that's good for a minute, right? But you've got to get out of the pity party and you've got to get back into community. Because the reality is we try to fix things really quickly on our own. We like these, these superficial quick fixes. How many like infomercials? We got any infomercial fans in here? Come on, everybody. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. They wouldn't make them if you didn't watch them. Some of you are embarrassed. Oh, 1995 and free shipping? Wait, they're going to double the order? Get the phone! I love a good infomercial, man. I'll watch them all day long. I love the old school ones. Does anybody remember back in the 80s or 90s the guy that used to set the car hoods on fire? Does anybody remember that guy? He wore Bill Cosby sweaters, big round glasses, and he would take car hoods, and they, he sold this car wax. And he would take the hood of the car and set it on fire. He'd say, watch this. He'd set that car hood on fire, and then they would put it out, and then he would get this wax, and he would go like this. You know how they do? And then he would put it on the hood, and he would wipe off the car, and it was like brand new. So like you could just set something ablaze, and then come in here with some wax, and just wax it up like it was totally fine. You know you got that stuff, and all it did was peel the paint off your car. You didn't have to set the car on fire. Just the wax took the paint off. See, we like these quick fixes. We're like, sign me up for that. And so we go to Jesus and we go, oh yeah, quick fix, sign me up for that. Like I want this superficial quick fix and everything is good. But I don't need anybody up in my space. Like I don't need anybody in my life. I don't need anybody telling me or helping me. But the body, if it's not functioning together, I need somebody to help me function better than I can function on my own. But when your body rebels on you, anybody have their body rebel? Somebody be getting older, I can tell. 
And uh, I'm just saying, your body starts to rebel the older you get. Like you saying, I know you ought to be working right now. What is wrong with you? You just dragging it along? Like my lower backs, it, it gets bad sometimes. Like I'll throw out. Anybody ever thrown out your back? When you throw your back out, your whole body goes, just throw yourself in the floor. You're not doing anything. You're not going anywhere. And I'll never forget one Saturday night, like I rolled out of the bed. And my back went out. <laughs> Nothing. Cr- it's never anything good. Like you weren't lifting a car off of an elderly woman or something. It's like you just rolled out of the bed. And I couldn't move. And so my wife, in her great wisdom, she said, hey, you need to let Brandon Dawson know. We were back at, we were in one location at the time before we had two campuses. And he, she said, you just need to tell him he needs to, he needs to speak tomorrow. I said, I, got, I can do this. I'm fine. And the next morning, I rolled out of bed. And I could barely, and I'm holding on to the bed. She said, you going gonna to call Brandon? I said, no, I told you I'm fine. I said, if I could just get dressed, and I'm kind of putting my legs through my pants like this. And I said, if somebody could just help me to the platform, I'm going to be okay. Like, if, if, if somebody could just help me stand up there, once I get there, I'm going to be fine. And I stood at the edge of the bed, and I went to put some clothes on, and then my back said, oh, yeah, watch this. And it shot me in the floor. And I literally just fell in the floor. And I'll never forget looking up at Jen, and she's just like, Super gracious, super sensitive, caring. I picked a good one, and she's just staring at me like I've been telling you now for like 12 hours. I said, will you call Brandon for me and tell him? I said, tell him I'm going to send him my notes, and he's going to have to cover this morning. I hate to do it. I mean, my body just rebelled and said, oh, yeah, watch this. And see, the reality was I couldn't do it on my own at that point. I, I, I needed her to help me get up out of the floor and back in the bed. And what happens is as the body of Christ, God has designed us to do life together. And we're wondering why after salvation, and we're wondering after this life change, why are we still struggling with the hurts of the past? And it's because we're doing it our way and not his way. We need community. I'm going to give you, these are two extra things for you to write down. Some of you go, I'm doing the bare minimum, just filling in the blanks. (laughs) Write some extras, because these are two things that, I really think community does for us. The first is it challenges us. Community would challenge you, and you you need somebody challenging you to make you better. You need some positive peer pressure in your life. Somebody said, I was done with peer pressure in high school. That's not true. You got social media. I watch some of you on social media. Oh, we're parting our hair down the center now. (laughs) I got to start doing this now. Oh, when did these go out of style? You start looking at your shoes, you know. Men, you're subject to it too. I've seen some guys in our culture making some really bad decisions. I'm going to help you out a little bit. You, you seen, have you ever seen men dress in a onesie? <laughs> we're in the South, so we're, we're, about, we're about 10 years behind, okay? But it's making its way down here, so I'm just going to give you all a heads up. You're going to see grown men walk around in onesies, and they meant to do it, all right? It's not a good idea. Don't do it. It's peer pressure. They saw it somewhere, and they said, oh, God, I, I, get, I still got on pants and a shirt. This is supposed to be all one jumpsuit. And so they just start doing it. Men are wearing shorts with their suits, suit shorts. Shoots. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> do not do it. Do not do it. I'm just here to tell you. We may be old-fashioned, but thank God we look normal. Don't do it. The mullet's coming back, everybody. Now, hang on a second. I'm not hating on a mullet. I'm just saying. That's an acquired taste. That's all I'm saying. I remember the mullet being big and then people going, they're still sporting a mullet. 
You know, you start looking for shotguns. You know what I'm talking about. And then I remember the coffee table book of the mullets. There was a, a coffee table book that you could flip through, and it was a random assortment of mullets. Totally good. I love a good mullet, man. These young people, I'm like, man, that's a good-looking mullet. He's like, please tell my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, because dad don't like it. See, we need a little positive peer pressure pushing us in the right direction. Because when you get in the right community, here's what happens. When you step out of it, suddenly something feels wrong. When you're making bad decisions, it feels a little strange. And that's why we isolate, because we don't want the people who have the positive influence in our life knowing that we're making crazy decisions. So we need that community around us to challenge us to go, hey, I know you're having a bad week, but you need to get up out of the floor. Hey, I know you're ready to give up, and I know you're still praying, and I know you don't want one more Bible verse, and you don't want one more person to pray for you. Some of you are too religious to know that, but I've been there. And I said, if you pray for me one more time, I'm going to punch you in the nose. Don't read me a Bible verse. Just fix it. Sometimes we're just that spent. If we're honest. But you still need those people in your life that's pushing you along. You need them to challenge you. The second thing is you need people to care for you because community cares for you. It is challenging you because it cares for you. That's why we do connect cards around here every week when we ask you to fill out those connect cards. It really is not so that we can invade your privacy. Look, I got my own stuff to do. I don't need to be up in your business, okay? I, don't, I, don't, I got my own stuff going on. So we're not trying to invade our space, but here's what we're doing. We're trying to care for each other. So when those prayer requests come through every single week, they are delivered to people that are going to pray for you because we need it. We need community that, that cares for us. And the best way to, to care for people is, look, you, you spend time with people. How, how can you care for somebody or be cared for? Spend time. That's why we do small groups, small group tables out there today. Find you a small group. If one's weird, just skip out and do another one. It's fine. We're all different. It's okay. You guys, you show up. They're playing pickleball in onesies. It's okay. I mean, they can do it, but you don't have to. You don't have to. Spend time together. Pray for people. Pray. And, and let's take it just a step farther. Hey, will you pray for me? Uh, yeah, I'll be glad to pray for you. Yeah, we got you. No, stop right then and pray together. Let, let's bring this back a little bit. Let's bring back some of that weirdness. And instead of the, the, the other weirdness of Walmart, you just stand there and pray. You can do anything in Walmart. It's okay. You get away with it. Let's pray. Let's let them know we're with you. No, we, 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 yeah, we're going to pray. Yeah, we'll get our church to pray, but I am the church. I'm going to pray. Hey, we're, we're, we're believers, everybody. We're, we're the body of Christ. So let's stop making the church a crutch. Yeah, we'll get them people to pray because they're the experts. No. Rub-a-dub-dub. Thank God for the grub. I'm here, whatever they need, God. Whatever you can spit out. It's community, baby. It matters. Pray. And then give stuff away. When there's a need and you see it and somebody's struggling, give something away. Give your time. Give your stuff. Come on, you got four of them. It's fine. You're going to be okay. Why is all this? Because this is what the early church did. Go back to Acts. That's what they did. They met together. They prayed together. They worshiped together. They ate food together. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, they gave all the stuff they had away. It was community. We need community. You need to be in community. If you're not in community, just listen to me. You'll never make it. You may come in this environment right here in this church, and you go, man, this is awesome. I like this place. This is cool. And if you sit in that chair once a week, 
You won't be here in six months. I promise you, you won't. I don't care how much you think this is great. You won't be here. You think this is horrible and go to the church down the street? We'll help you find one, by the way. If this isn't your fit, there's great churches around here. But if you go and you sit there, you won't stay there either. You know why people stay where they stay? Because of community. Because community matters. You need community. We'll move on. Number two. You really go wish I'd stayed on community because number two is accountability. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm good. I'll stick with the potlucks. That's as far as I'm going to go, right? But no, listen to this. This is the early church. And uh, this is tough, so I'm just telling you. I didn't write it, but it's tough. This is going to confront us a little bit. It says, when I wrote to you before to the church, he said, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. But verse 11, he said, I meant you're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols or abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge others, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as Scripture says, you must remove the evil person from among you. That is stout right there. I love to talk to people that don't even attend church, read the Bible, uh, or know anything about God, and I love to get Bible lessons from them because the number one lesson they'll teach is, the Bible says, God says, you can't judge me. Well, they've never read the Bible at all. Jesus said, you'll know them by the fruit that they bear. So as soon as I walk up to an apple tree, I can tell you what kind of tree that is. Why? Because it's got fruit on it. And I can tell you if it's good fruit or bad fruit. How do I know? Because one's either rotten or it's not. That's very clear. Now, what they're teaching us here is, hey, look, I'm not responsible for the crazy world. I, I, can't, I can't fix that. I can live it. I can model it. I can... Pray for, you know, but us in here, listen to me. Those of you that know me, if I'm mistreating my wife, you need to tell me. If I've got a bad attitude, you need to tell me. If I'm out of line in something, you need to tell me. Why? Because we're in this community together. Because I need accountability. Because sometimes I need somebody who loves me enough to step into my life to go, you need an alignment in this area. And as a follower of Jesus, I have to understand that for us to make it together, this is what we need. But let me tell you, accountability does not happen by accident. Accountability happens by choice. Some of you don't have accountability because you've never given anybody the opportunity to provide it for you. Now, I'm going to say something else that's true here or anywhere else. Just because we are in this church, even if we're here every single week, doesn't mean I'm your pastor. You say, well, that's confused. A pastor is somebody who's invited into your life to shepherd your life. A pastor is somebody who can go to a sheep that has wandered off and take that sheep and go, you're going in the wrong direction. Let's go back. And you know what the sheep says? Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. But not in this culture. See, we just get mad. We leave this church and we go to the next church. Right? I, I see it every day, all day. I could give you a list of people that I know right now from our community, from out of this church. That, but I can tell you what happens every time, too. 
it becomes a repetitive cycle. Some of us have done it, we've lived it, and some of us have watched it. So some of you, your pastor really is your small group leaders. Why? Because they're the one you call for prayer. They're the ones you call when everything goes wrong. And that's okay, because that's how the church worked. The early church were in it together. They knew they needed accountability. I need it, and you need it. We may not want to admit it, but I need you, and you need me. Studies actually show those with accountability in any area of their life are 95% more successful than any other people. Do y'all remember, we do this thing every January. Um, some of you do it. It's kind of tradition for many. It's called a New Year's resolution. Oh, you forgot about that. It's like, oh, what was, what was my New Year's resolution? Uh, you gave up on week two, okay? <laughs> it's September. You know why? Because m- most of us didn't have any accountability. It was something that we just said, I'm going to do this. This will be great. I'm going to lose 15 pounds. Well, you found 25 more. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm going to get out of debt. And now you're three months more behind in debt, right? Because nobody helped you. Well, listen to what studies say. I think this is important. I think this is, this is interesting. People who have a goal, you set a goal, they're 10% more likely to be successful. People who consciously decide to commit to do that goal, I'm going to do it, 25% more likely. If you assign a timeline to it, I'm going to achieve this goal by September 17th today. Uh, You're 40% more likely. People who make a plan, here's how we're going to do it, 50% more likely. People who commit that plan to someone else, here's my goal, hold me accountable. They're 65% more likely to do it. But then people who sit with somebody that lets them weekly ask them about that plan. And where are you on this plan? And why did you not accomplish that this week? Why did this not happen? And somebody to challenge you, then they become 95% more successful in achieving what they want to achieve. Because every one of us in this room, we have blind spots. You may not know it, but you have a blind spot in your life. When you think about blind spots, you think about driving, right? Because there's that little spot that it takes a little extra to peek over and to be able to see. And so you need somebody in your life, in your passenger seat, to help you. See, I have been a blind spot detector for Pastor Brandon Doss for many years. (laughs) Some of you don't know, but he cannot drive. And some of you think I over-embellish these stories. But some of you, over the years, have come to me and said, You know, I really thought you were stretching it, but I got behind Pastor Brandon, and I realized he really cannot drive. It's 100% true. One time he had an old Chevrolet pickup truck, back when they were all steel. There was no plastic. And he had a dent in it from having backed into something. And a friend of ours owned a record service and said, Hey, if you want to back that over here, I can pull that dent out for you. He said, Oh, absolutely. Jumps in the truck, backs it up into Danielle's car, putting a dent on the other side of his bumper on the way to get a dent pulled out of his bumper. I have helped him for many years. As a matter of fact, I don't want to take too much credit, but he may still be alive married with kids today because of me. I'm just saying. But I will give him credit. There is one time in the 20-something years I've known him that he's helped me. Had a Dodge Ram and kind of a bad design, but right in the corner between the, 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 the driver's side glass door and the side, there was a big handle, big piece of plastic, and you couldn't see through it. And I pulled off one time, and I was going to cream a car because it was right in the blind spot. And he yelled. And listen, if he's yelling in the car or something, you know something is wrong. <laughs> I quickly course to correct it. Now you think about the times of your life that if there had not been somebody there to detect your blind spot, the kind of damage that you would have encountered. 
I want to ask you this question, and I want you to be able to answer it honestly sometime this week, is do you have accountability in your life? Because that gives you freedom, because you're not carrying it on your own. And the number three, if you're going to get through any of this, you have to have humility. You can't walk in community, and you can't invite accountability in your life without humility. Humility is the opposite thing of pride, and pride's what comes before the fall. Pride is what brought Satan out of heaven onto the earth, who had a moment with Adam and Eve that now we all struggle because of the course of sin. It's pride. We need humility. The Bible says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. This is a naturally tough for us because we live in a prideful culture. We just do. I mean, why does your cell phone have to have a front-facing camera? Aren't we supposed to be capturing the memories of our loved ones around us? But no, baby, that new iPhone's coming. It's got 50,000 megapixels on the front screen. You're going to look so good. And you've got to have it because of the way you're going to look because we're just naturally prideful people. It's baked into who we are. That's why at the core of everything that we struggle with, there's some pride there. That's why we try to challenge this whole community thing with how busy we are. You know, I got so much going on. We're playing so many sports. We're going to be out of town. We're going to vacation. I don't have time for that. So we certainly don't want anybody telling us, who are you to tell me? Who do you think you are? Well, when did you get it all together? Well, none of us did, and we know it enough to invite somebody in to help us. But I won't do it without humility. The greatest way to have humility, everybody, and to learn this is to get in community. I learned it very early on. My pastor that I grew up with most of my life, my, through my childhood years and teenage years, just passed away this past week, 67 years old, randomly just passed away. He had a recovery center that they started in their community. They literally brought people in, and they were facilitating people that were uh, addicted to things. They run their own little thrift store and stuff. To, you know, He brought them into his home. I mean, just that's where he was standing when he died. And I'll never forget, as a young man, we used to load these school buses up, and we would take them to two separate counties driving these school buses, and we would load them up about as illegally as you could with kids. You couldn't move in those school buses. And it all started because he would go into a trailer park and he would ride through with all the kids and he'd say, hey, y'all want to go to McDonald's? Can't suggest you doing that today. You'd get arrested, but a little different back in the day. And he would load this school bus up with kids and he would take it through McDonald's and buy them all Happy Meals. And then we would drive them to church and literally with buckets of hot, soapy water, we would wash their hands and their faces because they were filthy. I remember going inside of some of those homes that were literally, they were only heated by the oven door laying down, and that's how they were heating this room. I saw this one family that we continued to be with for many years, about six kids. Parents were beyond drug addicts. And he took those kids out of that home himself into his own home and raised them for many years. You talk about humility to see what some people are going through, and you understand. I learned it by Brandon Dawson and I driving an old van through inner city neighborhoods where nobody wanted to go that literally, true story, when we prayed in circles, kids would pick our pockets and steal out of our pockets at prayer time. And you see humility. When you walk into a jail and you sit and you talk and you listen 
to people that have been given up on, it puts things in perspective. It humbles you. Some of us are so busy doing what we do to get what we can get and fulfill our hopes and our dreams, and we've forgotten that you have hurts and you have habits and you have hang-ups. And the difference between us and maybe some other people is we had some community along the way. We had some accountability in our life. And maybe we were just humble enough to receive it. So my question is today, are we willing to humble ourselves so that we can receive the freedom that God has given us? Stop doing it alone. Stop doing it by yourself. Stop listening to what the culture says. Get some real godly accountability in your life. Humble yourself. Serve some other people and realize you're not the only one struggling. It'll empower you to move forward and to live a life of freedom. And that's my prayer for us today. So will you bow your head, close your eyes. If you're our guest today, nothing weird or funny is going to happen. Nobody's coming to get you, make you stand. I just want to pray for us online. If you could just maybe just limit the distractions. I just believe this is a moment that God wants to speak to you. There's some of us here today and you haven't experienced the freedom that Jesus wants you to experience because you haven't experienced Jesus. And today you need to say yes to Jesus. And I want to pray that for us. Some of us are here today and you've been living for Jesus. You've, you've, you've been forgiven. You're a new person. But today you need to leave by saying, I'm free. And maybe there's something that you're carrying that you need to bring to the feet of Jesus. It's a hurt that someone's caused you. It's an offense. It's an experience of your life, a betrayal. It's an addiction. It's a habit. You know what it is, and you just need to bring it to the feet of Jesus. And I'm going to pray that today you, you could do that. So you don't have to leave out of here carrying the same thing that you carried into this place. It's the heart of God. So Jesus, today I pray for us all. Number one, Jesus, if we've got sin in our life, we choose to submit it to you. We ask you for forgiveness. We choose to put you first in our life, to dedicate ourselves to you. Thank you for loving us, for setting us free. Thank you today for new life in you. And God, I pray for us all, no matter what that hurt is, no matter what that habit or hang-up may be, no matter what's keeping us from living in freedom, even if it's that fenced freedom, we want to experience it to the fullest. So we pray, God, that you'd help us today. We lay it at your feet. We can't do it anymore. Help us to build community. Help us to invite accountability. God, we humble ourselves before you today and acknowledge that you're good, that we need you. Thank you for what you're doing in this room. Thank you for what you're doing online. Thank you for what's happening in Columbiana. God, you're going to get all the credit for it. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Can we honor Jesus together? Come on. He's good.